You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The 1962 film is where it all began. That's when the conversations about Gypsy and Rose turned to, well, she's not Merman. Or, more damningly, she can't sing it like Merman. To which star Rosalind Russell seemed to square her shoulders, cock her head, and admit defeat. How else to explain her anti-Mame Light performance here, or the reliance on Lisa Kirk's singing voice? But is Stane fairly faithful to the source material enough to make this movie musical into magic? Or is it just a moo cow patty? I'm Mark Pikert, I'm a pretty girl mama, and this is Movie Musical Madness, Little Lamb to the Slaughter. Joining me today is dainty baby Julie Halston. <laughs> oh my, that's quite an intro. Uh, well, thank you. Just a little I something I whipped up. I love it. It's, 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 it's quite witty and well-written. <laughs> I appreciate that. that. That's the last time I will sound witty or well-written no, today. No, no, that's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, you know, um, just reminding me uh, when that movie musical, uh, you know, happened... I believe, I mean, and someone like Charles Bush can tell you the entire story, but basically Rosalind Russell's husband kind of... The Wizard of Roz. Yeah, kind of bought his way into her doing that movie. Oh, um, the two, my f- two favorite parts of Life is a Banquet, Rosalind Russell's memoir, is yes. when she vehemently denied that Freddie Brisson bought the rights so that she could star in it. Yeah. Of well, course not. Of course not. I, oh, no, no, we never did that. Yeah. And when she said that it was her singing voice throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, and the, what is a riot, too, because uh, Roz Russell was also a famous Catholic. Yes. She was a famous Catholic. And I grew up, uh, I'm a lapsed Catholic now, desperate to be a Jew, but um, I grew up in a very strict Roman Catholic uh, home. And, you know, lying is a sin. Roz, it's a sin. But look at Loretta Young, the other famous Catholic. She <laughs> oh, had a yeah. whole child out of wedlock and told everyone she adopted her. Exactly, with Clark Gable. And then yeah. she had her ears pinned real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead <laughs> giveaway. Yeah, dead giveaway. Um, so, you know, but that's, but the thing is, isn't that what you love about show business? Isn't that what you love about Hollywood yes. in those days? The the lies and the cover-ups and like, no, he's not gay. Rock Hudson isn't gay. And I have an interesting Rock Hudson story, by the way. Um, my dad uh, was a tobacco salesman and a candy salesman. And um, he used to service all the cigarette machines in bars and restaurants all over New York City. And because um, remember, in those days, you could have a, a restaurant and there would always be a cigarette machine. Oh, yeah. You know, when people would put in their money and then pull the lever and they'd have their pack of Salem's or Lark's or whatever. My Chesterfield's. My Chesterfield's, you know. Anyway, that's what my dad did. And I remember at one point, I guess it was maybe the late 60s, maybe the 70s, he came home one day and told my mom, You'll never believe who I saw in uh, one of those bars. One of those bars, meaning a gay bar. It was the Continental Baths. What? It was the Continental Baths. And uh, my mother was like, oh, Rudy, what are you talking about? And he said, Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson's one of those guys. One of those guys. 
And she was like, you're crazy, Rudy. You, you know, and you, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, cut to 10 years later or whatever when, you know, he, he was gay. What? 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 This is news to news to the world. But anyway, there you have it. I mean, again, the you know the lies, the cover-ups, this and that. It's and 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 that's a sad story, actually. I mean, that's a terribly sad story. Yeah, I mean, Rosalind Russell claiming that yeah, Lisa yeah. Kirk was actually her. Or right. my favorite uh, companion piece to that: allegedly, when Ethel Merman died, they found uh, Rosalind Russell's original tracks in her closet. Oh dear, that <laughs> Ethel Merman would just listen to. Oh, I oh dear, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, it was all known that you know her husband bought it for her. Yeah. You know, and, and he did the same with the uh, hit Broadway play Majority of One, I believe. Oh, or Five really? Finger Exercise, one of those two. Oh, there you go. And she said, no, 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 of course not. I'm no. Rosalind Russell. Exactly. I stand on my own. Well, I mean, look, Rosalind Russell is fantastic. We all know she was fantastic, but um, musical, not so much. No, not certainly not with this court. Wonderful Town, sure. Yeah, yeah, Wonderful. Exactly. You know who else did Wonderful Town? Lauren Bacall. There on you tour. go. Like, and applause. Foghorn Leghorns. Well, well, that's my whole career. I mean, Charles and I still laugh. Charles Bush, I'm referring to George, Charles Bush. Um, the fact that, as he said to me, I think you've done more musicals than Gwen Verdon. I mean, how could that be, Halston? And I was like, well, they keep hiring me. I, I don't know what to say, Charles. You know, I, I know it's ridiculous, but, you know, they always need a funny lady in these musicals. They do. You're the Thelma Ritter. They exactly. And, you know, and, you know, if you can just get her to say a few lines in a sort of musical way, she'll pull it off. And yeah. that's what I do. But then I do remember when Dennis Jones, our choreographer for Tootsie, uh, came in, and this was a couple of weeks into rehearsal. He came in, very excited, you know, and he said to the entire company, guys, I've come up with this new finale, and you're all going to be in it, and we all have to learn the dance. And I literally said to Dennis, well, you just lost a Tony. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, he did lose a Tony, but but not because of that. But it was a great way to end the musical that we were all dancing to it. And we were doing the sort of Red Rogers, yeah. you know, um, uh, uh, number. But uh, I was like, Mike McGraw and I were just like, do you know that we're a certain age? And do you know that we're not dancers? Meanwhile, Mike McGraw can dance. I mean, he's a tapper. He can do anything. I am two left feet. But you know what? It didn't matter. I learned the dance. And I do remember I had to learn dancing for hairspray and I had to learn poor, poor Rusty Mowry, the, the dance captain. Oh my God. It's a miracle he's not on drugs. Um, and, and, and he had to teach me how to tap. In Anything Goes, I had to do the final tap. And now you tap every morning. Oh, yeah, every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your exercise. No, your it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And I, you know, it took me, it took me like weeks for me going home every night going, move to the left, move to the right, lift your leg. Meanwhile, you know, any Broadway ensemble member just goes, yeah, ba 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 yeah, learns it in 10 minutes. But they can't land a joke like you. Well, thank you. That's very kind. It's it's well. That that's luckily that's my gift. And having seen you in musicals, I will say you're a better dancer than Rosalind Russell and Gypsy. Oh well, there you go. She Actually, can barely walk during Rosa's turn. It's kind of true, and and you know it is funny because 
Gypsy was one of those movies I saw as a, a as a child, and I was obsessed for a long time with two um, movies. One was the Song of Bernadette. Of okay, course, Miss Jennifer Jones Jennifer in her Oscar Jones winning role in her Oscar winning role that her role. husband got her. Thank you, thank you very much. The Song of Bernadette. I was obsessed with it, and I was also obsessed with Gypsy. And for a long time, and my this sister, is where the lapsed Catholic comes in. Exactly, because I was obsessed with Song of Bernadette, and I thought I'm going to be a saint. I'm going to learn how to be a saint. And I'm I'm not joking. I tried to get my sister to enlist my sister into like putting on like little scarves so that we can look like little novitiates. And I was like trying to hurt my knee so that I could develop a tumor on my leg. I'm not joking. You can ask my younger sister. This really happened. I tried so hard to be a saint. And then it was around that same time that I was watching Million Dollar Movie, because that was one of those Million Dollar Movie, you could watch the movie all day, that we watched Gypsy with Roz Russell and Natalie Wood, Carl Malden. Um, and I was obsessed. And I was like, okay, wait, saint or stripper? or stripper. And I decided, I'll be an actress. That's kind of like in the middle. It's kind of in the middle. It's kind it of is. a stripper, but it's also like, you don't really have to be nude. You, you heal people. Yes, you heal people. With it's a noble craft. profession. It's a noble profession, sort of, kind of. Um, but anyway, uh, and I saw that movie. I think I saw the movie of Gypsy. I, I'm sure I saw it 12, 13 times, maybe more. Did you see the movie before you ever knew the score, the, the Ethel Merman cast album? Uh, no. We had 45s. And because my dad, as I was saying, was a tobacco salesman. But he also, um, and I think a lot of these things fell off a truck in an homage to Martin Scorsese. Uh, we used to get things in the house that were like, Dad, where'd you get that? Like, we had a Wurlitzer in our garage. And he oh, was like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, a friend of mine gave it to me. A friend of mine. What the hell, Dad, were we doing with a pool table and a Wurlitzer? And, uh, you know, and he used to get stacks of 45s for free for what were you doing? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, we had the 45 of Ethel Merman's version of Everything's Coming Up Roses. So there was, there is somewhere, there's a 45 of that. It's crazy. I don't know how we got it or why we got it, but we had that. So we listened to that. So I did know that. I didn't know what Gypsy was. I just knew it was a musical. And then um, my mother was a big theater queen. She was, she loved the theater. And she kind of told me about Ethel Merman. And she told me the story of Gypsy and whatnot. So I was pretty riveted. So, and we had a lot of show albums in the house. We had My Fair Lady. We had Hello, Dolly. We had West Side Story. We were obsessed with West Side Story. Um, but the, when the movie, when we could watch the movie, you know, we were, we were like, oh, Ma, this is what mom was talking about. You know what I mean? This thing. So it was, but... Uh, we, I was a little concerned when I saw the movie. It was like, 
She can't sing like that other lady. That other lady sang the song. I think a lot of people were were concerned when they saw the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, And also, Natalie Wood was gorgeous and beautiful. And, you know, she's an actress. She was a great actress. But also, again, this wasn't, these were not musical voices. You know, they were just, they they were stars. I think the only time that Rosalind Russell really works as Rose for me is in the dressing room scene at the end with Gypsy. Yes. Because she stops doing this kind of manic, yeah, anti mame energy, and yes. she's actually acting. And she's—you remember that she did Morning Become a, Becomes Electra. Yes, she did Sister Kenny. Yeah, Speaking yes. Speaking of sa- secular saints, yeah, yeah. Am I right? <laughs> you are quite the—I mean—the scholar. Um, you're absolutely right, and and also it's very touching yeah. because you really see that she was a woman struggling and sad and regretful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and angry. And unable to express sadness yes. or regret. Right. And it was and I, I misspoke because that scene with Natalie Wood, yes, and also watching her make the decision after Carl Malden leaves. Yes. In the backstage at the at the Burlesque Theater. Yes. It's great. It is. Those two scenes yes. almost save the entire movie. Almost. Almost. Yeah, I know. It's really true. Because there's also the narration. Oh, yeah. You know, I forgot about that. She's constantly like, and then we were off to the 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 road. And and I told, yeah, I know. I know. It's very strange. It it is. And also, you'd think that they would have figured out that you don't need that. Hello? It's a film. Yes. You don't need to be narrating. Drive them through past a sign that says, welcome to Seattle. This is what everyone else does. And I also wondered if that was something that she and her husband came up with. I wonder about that. That she want, she felt like that she had to narrate the story. It throws everything off balance because then it's her recounting the story, but then that's not the end of the movie. And how do you how do you marry those two things? And the answer is you don't. Well, I also think she was afraid of not being liked. Yes, that's where, and you know what? That's where you go. Okay, Roz. Uh, this is where I kind of lose a little respect. Like, as an actress, you were more concerned with that? I mean, you played Sylvia in, in, in The Women. Oh, but she was very unhappy doing it. Well, th- there you go. It's like you have to be liked, and I think that's what it really had to be. It's I like, think, yeah. you know what I mean? And th- that shouldn't have been a concern. I mean, and yet in those days, maybe in Hollywood... That kind of thing. I mean, listen, it's still going on. I think we do hear about these stories yeah. about, I don't know, uh, Nicole Kidman, I guess, having concerns about a script because of her standing in the community. I, it's really, is that what artists are all about? But, you know, whatever. There is always a, a problem, I guess, um, when you have a persona that people adore. And the artistry of playing a character. Yeah. Uh, and I do think, here's where I get into a little bit of the Me Too thing. Oh, Uh-oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hit me with which, it. Which, which is that I do think for some reason it might be harder for women. You know, Javier Bardem can play a, a psychopath. Nobody, nobody goes like, oh, you know, I, I thought he was a nice guy. Like, nobody's caring about that. 
But for some reason in Hollywood with women, it's like to play, you know, the evil thing. You can be Maleficent because it's basically a fantasy. Yes. But if you really played a psycho serial killer, you know... We're still making jokes about Glenn Close and Boiling Bunnies. We're still doing that. I mean, that's why I did sort of, uh, I have to say, Charlize Theron in, in Monster didn't apologize. No. And I really think that's great, you know. Why are you apologizing? It's a role, kids. You know, um, yeah. Well, now, we haven't even talked about the fact that you starred in a production of Gypsy. Yeah. On Broadway. Yes, it's true. And I need to know your elaborate backstory for Miss Cratchit. Oh, yes. Because I assume oh. that you are someone who does a lot of backstory work. You just don't like to talk about it yeah, at no, table. It's true. It's true. Well, here's the thing. Gypsy was uh, with Bernadette Peters, uh, directed by Sam Mendes. 2003? 2003. Uh, so, here's the deal. And I don't The first production to, not directed by Arthur Lawrence. Yes. And Arthur Lawrence was not happy about that. Oh, he wasn't. No, he was he not. He lived an extra decade just to do it again yes, and direct a revival. Yes, he did. You're, ap- you're right about that, Mark. And listen, I have a great deal of respect for Arthur Lawrence. He, he was really brilliant. He was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. He wrote the best book of a musical ever. He was also famously cranky and, and famously tough. And and not always so nice, you know. Uh, anyway, he loved Bernadette. He loves Bernadette. I think it was really difficult for him not to be directing. Sam Mendes, hello, who's this Brit coming in, you know? He and Sam had a lot of issues, you know. Uh, Sam had his vision. And as we know, as Sam Mendes has done many, many things, film and theater, He's a brilliant, brilliant director. He had his vision of what he wanted. Uh, Arthur had a lot of questions about it, a lot of issues. Okay, here's the deal. First of all, I was obsessed with getting in to Gypsy. I, it's my favorite musical in the whole world. I was, I don't know how old I was. I'm not going to really say, but I was not a young woman. I was well, I was well past 35 at that point. well seasoned. Yeah, I was well seasoned. Jerry Mitchell was choreographing. I knew Jerry. Sam Mendes, I was so crazy about Sam Mendes. It's my favorite musical. Jim Carnahan, and I want to do a shout out to Jim Carnahan because he has... I think cast me maybe eight or nine times. I mean, he is a big supporter of mine. And Jim Carnahan uh, said, oh, we got to get Julie in for one of the strippers. Sam couldn't have been nicer. He was so lovely, and, and it was a wonderful first read. Now, I do have a great audition story, though. I walk in, and everyone auditioned for the uh, strippers, reading the Tessie Torah sides. I did not read the Miss Electra sides. I read the Tessie Torah, because Tessie Torah had more lines than the other two strippers. A young actress, and she will remain nameless, uh, saw me, and she was younger than me, and she was wearing a very sexy bodice and blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, are you here uh, to audition? for one of the strippers. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, I guess you're seeing all ages. 
wow. And you've never spoken to Jackie Hoffman since. Uh, da, da, da. No, it wasn't Jackie. Um, <laughs> but it was a girl with the name Jay. Uh, but anyway, I couldn't believe it. And of course, I got the part. Um, but I couldn't believe that she said that. It was so rude and so thoughtless. But I just laughed. And I just thought, wow. And it just totally motivated me to be like, well, I'm going to get this part. Um, and let so- me be clear. To everyone I have spoken about doing this episode with you about Gypsy, every single person has gone, oh, what a great production. I still cry with laughter when I think about her. Oh. In the, both of those scenes, as the stripper and as Miss Cratchit. With that, the, the amount of work you did with that phone on that <laughs> stage. <laughs> well, here's the other story about Miss Cratchit. So... I was doing a workshop of On a Clear Day at that time. Arthur was famously negative about all the people that Sam liked. And Sam kept saying, what about this Julie Halston? I think she's kind of fabulous. And she's all arms and legs. And she's kind of fantastic. And Arthur was like, yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I was the one who, I had six auditions. (gasps) And after the fourth audition, I was told by my agent, I don't think this is going to work. They're going to L.A. to audition people. And I was like, really? Well, they'll never find anyone there. It's come to that? It's come to that? And I was heartbroken. I mean, to say I was crushed, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, cut two months later, I kept pressing my agent, well, who was in L.A.? Did they get? Who'd they get? Who'd they get? You know, what did they get? Mo Gaffney? I, I, I don't know. What, who? Is Kathy and Jimmy doing it? You know. Jane Kismarek? Jane K. Well, yeah. Jane Kismarek? Come on. Who? He said, well, actually, it's interesting you call because they're coming back to New York and they're coming round again. On the fifth callback, um, Jim Carnahan said to Sam and Arthur, Julie is doing a workshop of On a Clear Day, and it looks like it's going to go, and you're going to lose her. If you don't make her an offer soon, you're going to lose her. I did a work session with Sam. I went back in the room. Arthur somehow okayed it, and he okayed for me to do Miss Cratchit. I was... When I found out that I got it, I was actually teaching, because I used to teach... Young cabaret performers, which is maybe the saddest moment of my life. Um, Were there young cabaret performers? um, Well, actually, they weren't young. That was the sad part. You taught Marilyn May everything she knows. uh, Yes, exactly, exactly. I was literally in a work session with, with a cabaret performer of a certain age, and I got this... Um, you know how in the older days, because, uh, you know, it wasn't like we all had iPhones in 2003. We had like flip phones, I oh. think. Uh, was it flip phones? Or I don't know if I, it certainly weren't the phones that we had. A rotary phone? It wasn't a rotary. Although I love a rotary oh, phone. Oh, I love a rotary um, phone. It really slows you down. It slows you down and makes you think before you make that call. Um Anyway, I got this message on my voicemail or whatever. Julie called me immediately, and it was my agent. And he told me, and I remember putting down the phone, and I started crying in the middle of my 
cabaret <laughs> work session. And I somehow got through the session and I was over at a friend's house because he was the musical director and I, I, I could not stop crying. And at one point, his wife, who is a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, woman named Celeste, uh, it was about 4.30 in the afternoon, and she was like, you need a vodka. <laughs> and I did. I took a shot of vodka. She was like, I think I need to slap you and give you a shot of vodka. And I did. I had a shot of vodka. And Which is usually my- how you started your sessions exactly, with the cabaret singers. Exactly. And um, I went home, cried and cried. My husband, we were just so excited. And here's the other Miss Cratchit moment. So there we are. Final rehearsals, and in those days, you used to do a dress rehearsal for the for the uh, for the community. It used to be called the Gypsy Run, which is politically incorrect now. Now it's the Red Bucket Run. I the believe. Red Bucket Run or the Romani Run. I don't know. I mean, I all I know is it used to be called the Gypsy Run, and it was the dress rehearsal, and the entire Broadway community would come. I was so crazy nervous about doing Miss Electra. However, I was very excited about doing Miss Cratchit because. Sam, the way he um, staged it, Miss Cratchit, you'd hear ring, ring, ring. And I had to do a cross across the entire Broadway stage to pick up the phone to say, Granzingers! Well, I am such a diva. I said to Sam, Sam, you know that when that ring comes on and I do that cross, there will be entrance applause. And he was like, um, what, Julie? What are you saying? I said, oh, there'll be entrance applause. This is the gypsy run. It's, it's the dress rehearsal. The, the entire Broadway community is there. There will be entrance applause. He looked at Brooks Ashmankas and he was like, she's crazy. She's nuts. Well, darling. Ring, ring. I got applause from the entire stage right all the way to stage left. Woo! Julie Alton! Granzingers! And it got a huge laugh. Well, Sam came up to me afterwards. He was like, well, I, 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 I feel terrible. I, I guess I didn't really know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I told you, Sam. I told you. Um, anyway, it was so great. And then uh, it was, but it was really Sam Mendez's idea. And this is why he is so smart. He said, let's go back to the lyric. I'm electrifying and I'm not even trying. I never have to sweat to get paid. We had come up with this idea that these women were really broken down women. You know, they were in their 40s. They'd been stripping a long time. They too long, maybe. Too long. They weren't the prettiest of gals. And he said, I'd like to set it up so that each we get to see each of these girls before the number even happens. So that at a certain point, you did see me in the dressing room. And I had a big thing of red wine. So that Miss Electra basically was a drunk, you know? She she was drunk, and that's how she got through yeah. this sad life. And so when I got out there to do I'm Electrifying and I'm Not Even Trying, he said, Julie, I know this is going to be hard for you. I am begging you not 
to move a muscle until you just have to click the light on and your breasts light up. And, and he said, and if you can think about this, maybe even clicking that light on is a little difficult because you're kind of drunk. And it, you know what? I have to tell you, I resisted it. I was really nervous about, it's very hard to go on a Broadway stage and do nothing. Yeah. And to have a sort of silence, you know. And As a stripper. As a stripper. He was so right. People went cuckoo crazy. Yeah. And the next production, which was Patti Lapone's uh, Gypsy, um, apparently that is now how Miss Electra is played. Even Arthur, um, who, you know, was, again, famously cranky and didn't love our production, he did love that. It's he, perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Because yeah. it's a joke that is also a truth about the character and about her place at her at that point in her life. And it, it, it really did follow the lyric. Well, that's also what's so weird about this version of Gypsy is it feels like they're performing it for an audience that's not reacting. Yes. It yes. feels very performative and very everything feels caked on. Yes. Like the 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 movements and the choreography and the blocking just feel very they're pushing. Oh yeah. 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 And I think the Bette Midler version works more yes because they had people who really understood musicals working on it yes and also because they and she was more right and she was more right she definitely was more right um i think even physically the more we knew about you know the real mama um in a sense you know she was that little woman you know and that was bet yeah you know uh and rosalind russell's just all shoulders and yeah and we haven't even talked about the costumes for this because so over the top, crazy, nuts. What is Nat- What is on Natalie Wood's head yeah. at the end when yeah. she's going to that party and she's got? It looks like a turban made out of human hair. It does. It does. It's crazy. And it's I- like the Marie Antoinette wig with Norma Shearer, <laughs> where there are birds in it. It's really true, and and Roz's clothes are so ugly, <laughs> and I can't believe that she would allow that. It's like. First of all, the coat doesn't fit. The coat doesn't fit. Black satin is not flattering on her, not even with that cut. I, and I, exactly, and you just think, wait, and and wh- what about her tricorn? What, what is she an, a reenactor? Is she doing an American Revolutionary War reenactment? That, yes, yes. She, that was their new act. That was their new act. Yes, exactly. Da 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 da. You know, with the flags. Louise but, and the Paul Revere. It's really true. I mean, really crazy. It was really, really crazy. And just ugly. Ugly, ugly. And ugly. there's a difference between ugly because they're poor and they're at the rundown end of the vaudeville circuit. Right. And there's a difference between just oh, this I don't. This doesn't. This isn't a movie I want to watch yeah. aesthetically. No, no. Let me ask you this, um, and I have read her book, but I don't remember. What was June Havoc's reaction to the movie? Uh, I don't remember her reaction to oh. the movie. Uh, her reaction to Gypsy's memoir was to write her own. Yes, 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 yes. And she was very upset, by the way, with our production of Gypsy because uh, there's a moment in our production of Gypsy where Dainty June before she runs off with Tulsa, because she's now in her teenage years, pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking on stage. And June Havoc was furious because she, I guess with her own health issues, or she felt that it was 
um, promulgating smoking. And, oh, she was furious, furious. It was like, wait a minute. Uh, wasn't everyone smoking then? Yes. And they were smoking at 13. Uh, yes. Um, I, I thought I it was very realistic. I remember lighting up my first Vantage. There you, Vantage. Yeah, backstage. Oh backstage at the Schubert. Yeah, oh my God. Lorette but, Taylor asked to bum one. Oh, okay, that's fantastic. There you go. Um, as if people do know who that is. But oh, well. You might have to explain that one. <laughs> no, I won't. They can Google it. Google, Google. Well, I interviewed Eric Priminger, Gypsy's son, yes. last year. And he said, look, I wasn't a fan of June. But I have to give her this. She supported her entire family traipsing the country. She was a huge vaudeville star. And I think that that's something that gets lost in every production of Gypsy is yes. they were successful. Yes. They had a huge run of it. Yes. And then vaudeville died. That's what happened. Right. It wasn't their fault. Yeah. The whole form died. And, you know, it's it, it, it's really true. I mean, and in fact, I think they had some really good ideas. You know what I mean? For yeah. acts. Yes. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting time because the 30s was an interesting time historically, not only in terms of entertainment, but, you know, the Depression, um, the Dust Bowl, uh, you know, had gotten out of World War I, but now inching toward World War II. Yeah. It's, it was historically a really interesting time. But also a very sad time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, you know, I mean, look, show business is show business, and it's an addiction. And I think that we actually saw that in the gyps- in all the gypsies, you get a sense. Yes. Even, listen, I'll go to a high school production of Gypsy. I'll go to a grammar school production of Gypsy. I love it so much. Um, but... Uh, it also shows that once you're in that groove, it's like she couldn't get out of it. They, they, None of them could get out of it. And that's one of the most affecting things about this movie. Maybe one of the only affecting things for me is the moment where you see Rosalind Russell and Natalie Wood yes. both make the decision independently that she is going to go out and do a strip act. Right, right. And the, you see them examine it and see how dirty and ugly that is and what that could lead to. And you see both of them go with it. Right. And make that decision. But also when she says, and of course it's a cliche now, I'm a pretty girl, Mama. I mean, yes, it's kind of funny now because we've heard it so often. But let's face it. If you were a, a child who never felt attractive, lo- loved enough for who you were. Yeah. That's a powerful moment. And when you realize, one, we're in a desperate situation. Two, I am pretty. Yeah. I'm, and I am not adult. And I can do something. Yes. You know, I can do something. I don't know what it's going to be in a sense, but I'm going to do something. Um, and, you know, let's face it. The real Gypsy Rosalie, and I did watch her television show when I was a child. Gypsy, her talk show from San Francisco. Exactly. And, of course, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, what was my mother thinking? It's like, I don't know. I was a child. I mean, I I might have been like five years old or six years old. And she would, like, put the TV on and she'd be like, watch Gypsy Rosalie. I always liked her. She would say things like that to me and my sister Mary. And it's like, what? We're watching a famous stripper with a talk show. We loved it. 
And she was fascinating, and she was she was alluring. Yeah. And she always wore something interesting, and she would you know talk about her days on the road or whatever. And but she was also bright, and and interested in, in engaged in the world. And um, hey, you know uh, she wrote three books. She wrote three books. She wrote a play. She wrote a play. Um, you know, she was a very engaging human being. And let's face it, she was an artful stripper. Yeah. And I think that was the other thing that, you know, a lot of this does go back to my mom. Um, my mom loved the theater. She loved theater folk, you know. And uh, the fact that she would, would was able to tell us like who this woman was and then we could all put it together. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the real Natalie Wood and that's the real, do you know, and like that's the 45 of everything's coming up roses and so we could put it together and um, it was really interesting. I mean, my mom was 92 when she saw Hamilton. I mean, come on. Uh, so, you know, that's a woman who loves the theater. Yeah. So, and Gypsy, you know, I know a lot of people said that Bernadette never really found the monster, you know, and and in her. that uh, And one of the things I adored about our version was that John Dossett and Bernadette were a sexy couple. Yeah. And you could be like, hmm, there is a reason he's sticking around. Yeah. Who leaves Bernadette Peters? Nobody. And it would have to take something so terrible yeah. for this man to leave this woman. Well, I think that also works with Carl Malden because he'll stick around for anybody. Well, <laughs> da 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 Kind of true. Except, you know, when Blanche is too slutty for him. Yeah, too slutty when for Blanche him. When Blanche goes too far over the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, honey, she's the best you're going to get. What are you talking about? I have to share my other favorite thing from my interview with Eric Preminger, which is at the very beginning of the interview, he said, you know, I'm still talking about Gypsy, my mother and Gypsy the show. And my mother was a narcissist who wanted to be immortal and she achieved it. And for a stripper, that's something. Wow. I like that. Isn't that an amazing summation? It's not only, it's not only a great summation, it's authentic, it's real, it's... And it's sort of without judgment. It's so clear-eyed. It's so clear-eyed. And it's not, um, it's not pitying for her or him. And I, I, I think that, but you know what? I also think that's a lot of actresses. Oh, yes. That's a lot of actresses. Oh, do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Oh, tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. Um, I mean, I'm always amazed when <laughs> you see actors and actresses. Um, I'm going to drop names now, but like Jesse Tyler Ferguson and I always love it when we see a, um, an actor or an actress interviewed and they ask, they're asked a question. They go, well, for me, and it's like that's how they start their summation of something. It's like, well, for me, um, the crisis in Syria is really serious. And it's like, for me, it's like, wow, everything is about you, including Aleppo, including Aleppo. Wow. Okay. I think we all took Aleppo personally, though. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. 
For me, oh, that's when you know, oh, we're in that world. My favorite is, just as someone who interviews people for a living, is, oh, wow, that's a... That's a really good question. Oh, I was like, oh, there's your media training. Because one, you're buying time. And yeah. two, you're trying to disarm me by yeah, complimenting me. Exactly. I know it's a good question. I don't need the compliment. Exactly. I reject the compliment. Give me your answer, please. E- exactly. You're absolutely right. Um, all right. Well, we have to wrap up because we're running out of time. Oh, dear. So here is my question for you. Okay. Do you think that this movie with with Rosalind Russell, yes. do you think it stands on its own for people who do not know the musical? Hmm. Or does it only no. really work? No. I would say no. I don't think so either. Yeah, I say no. I think this is so poorly executed at the end of the day that yeah. it diminishes the magic of I the original. Agree. And if you see this, you have no reason to go back and investigate the yeah, original. Yeah, I would say you're right. And and uh, maybe because I am a theater geek, um, and a narcissist who wants to be immortal, yeah. uh, I went back to the, you know, the play and the, because I am who I am and I had such an interest in theater. But certainly my younger sister who watched it with me, she never went back because she was like, yeah, yeah, I remember that movie, you know. It's, it's not good. Yeah. It's just not good. It's lugubrious. It's lugubrious. And, you know, all you can, I literally am thinking right now of that tricorn hat and that oversized, crazy, ugly coat. And you think, why would I go back? And, you know, thank God it is being done correctly. Yes. And, yeah, but let's be, let's be clear here. Wrong. Wrong. You heard it here. Gypsy. Movie musical madness, not magic. Not magic. But this was. This was. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Tune in for the next episode of Movie Musical Madness. This episode of Movie Musical Madness was edited by Kyle Moore with theme music by Sunshine Music. And thank you for listening to Movie Musical Madness, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about the podcast and me at bpn.fm slash movie musical madness. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.